Hey, you're listening to Bitachon Podcast number 34. And I just figured I'd take you another little journey. You, hear, you see over here a little cave that was carved many years ago. If you look at the rocks around me, you can tell that they were hewn by human beings. And couldn't help but think about it as a, a lesson about Bitachon. You know, we do all of these actions to protect ourselves, protect our families, and of course, we should, we're obligated to. And the most important thing that we can do to protect our families, to protect them from the elements, to protect them and give them all that they need, is to work on our bitachem to the extent that we invest our efforts in serving Hashem, connecting to Hashem, recognizing through our bitachem that everything that we have is from Him, and that we don't have to be worried, because He will provide us with all of our needs. That's the best way that we can protect our families. And I'd like to continue in Darche Bitochen. We're in chapter 10. Darche Bitochen. Vislamdas Habitochen, says the altar of Novartic. Talks about Hislamdas Habitochen. If you remember, he used that language also. In regards to the story where he himself was out in the forest. He was working on his Bitochen. Bitochen is not something that just comes naturally. You don't just hear a Bitochen shear and poof. You have bitachon the next day. That's not how it works. It takes a lifetime to develop. It takes years and years talking about it, thinking about it, hearing about it, talking about it, hearing about it, thinking about it, speaking about it, discussing it with others, working on it. Islam the sabitachon, the learning of bitachon, something that we need to develop. It's something that we need to learn. Islam the sabitachon tali aleiza ruach Now, when it comes to the approach that a person has with his bitachon, with his study of bitachon, with his working on bitachon. So it depends. It depends on the person. It depends what works for him. If a person has a strong spirit, he's determined, so he can go straight to the end. He can go to the heavy stuff first, and then work his way back to the lighter stuff. He can go and he can be extremely strong in his bitachin, and then work his way, you know, he goes to the opposite extreme, and then he finds the middle ground in the middle. But if a person doesn't have that kind of strong spirit, so what should he do? What he should do is, he should go from the lighter, more, the easier things, the things that are easier to have bitachin. You know, we've spoken about... Uh, looking for a parking spot. It's not so hard to say, I have bitachon in you that you're going to provide me with a parking spot. That's a little different than saying, Hashem, I don't have the money for my mortgage tomorrow, but I have bitachon, you're going to send me that money. That's a little bit more of a challenge. Start with the easier things. Until you get to the, to the flat ground, you know. When I walk around in these areas, so... I'm always looking, where's the flat ground? Because when you're up on the hill, so it's, it's more tiring. When you get to a flat place, it's, it's just a nice, nice feeling. You've gotten to that, that area where obviously people perhaps settled or whatever, but it's a place that you can feel comfortable. And I'd like to read to you on the bottom here, he brings from Rabbi Avram Zalman's, The house of Aaron, they trusted in Hashem. The house of Israel, they trusted in Hashem. Those who fear Hashem, trust in Hashem. We have different levels. 
The teaching in this Pasuk, in speaking about how does the house of Aaron, how do they trust in Hashem, how does the house of Israel trust in Hashem, how do those who fear Hashem trust in Hashem, there's different ways of approaching Bitachan. Each person has to discover their own path. Some people relate to the path of the altar of Navardic. It's a very extreme path. Some people relate to the Chavis Halavavis. The path which is more, I mean, I have to do a shtatlis, I have to put in certain efforts. Whatever it is, each person has their own way, and they need to develop their own path in their bitachin. So there's something about having a general feeling of bitachin. But if that's not enough for him, So sometimes you can get bitachin from those around you. Sometimes you can get bitachin because... You, you are in a group of people who are working on bitachim, but sometimes that just doesn't cut it. It's not enough. Maybe you're not with them, or maybe it's not, it's not giving you that feeling, and you need to strengthen your bitachim within yourself. So everything depends on the person, and that's what the altar is saying here as well. Back to the altar. Trust in Hashem with all of your heart, but don't depend on your mind. That's what the Pasuk says in Mishle, right? We saw that at the very beginning of our discussion. It's the first piece that we brought. The Perish like the Gras says, Don't use your intellect. If you intellectualize and say, well, Hashem, how could he, how is this going to work out? If you try to figure things out, this, the moment you start to depend on your mind, you're in trouble. Because you have no idea. God is so much bigger than us. What does this mean? Everyone agrees that if someone says Yireh Hashem, and that's, that's very important to understand, who's the altar talking to? So I'd like to think that he's talking to me. Because I, I like the sound of this Bitachan, I like the sound of Hashem doing everything for me. Now that may or may not be true, but he says clearly who he's speaking to. He's speaking to those who are Yireh Hashem, those who fear God. That a person who fears God should not have anyone else to depend on except exclusively Hashem. Without any personal efforts. It's not necessary. A person, he's speaking to his Talmidim, to the Talmidim in Avarik, who they would work on this Midah and they had very little. They lived in very difficult times. Around the, times of, around the times of World War I, this is when he was speaking. So, This foundational idea is not just needed by the human being when it comes to bitach, when it comes to working on one's faith in God. It's something that he needs in all of his paths, in all of his actions, and in all of his midas, in all of his character traits. Person cannot depend on his own intellect. We think we understand. We think we know, but we're biased. A person can't try to figure it out on their own. If you detach, if you remove the the radio from the car, this is my Rosh Hashiva's mushal. If you remove the the radio from the car, you might be able to hook it up to electricity. You might be able to get the radio to work, but that's not what it's meant for. That's not, it's not going to work optimally. You can't use your intellect to properly understand what's the right thing to do. The Torah, which is God-given, which 
is explicit and clear, and it was written by Hashem 3,800 years ago. Well, it was written before time, right? It was given 3,300 years ago. Avram Avinu also was able to discover the Torah on his own 3,800 years ago. This is the foundation of the author. He says, you can't depend on your own mind. You always have to depend on the Torah. The Torah has the clearest, straightest instructions that are true for all time. Like the verse says in Psalms, chapter 37, verse 5, Allow yourself to, to go in the ways of Hashem. Anything that's explicit in a command of Hashem, Anything that you see before, so let's say you see something in halacha, and this is also a really important idea, which Marisha Shiva talks about a lot. If you want to know, can I be talking in this particular situation? One of the ways that you can know is that if you're doing the right thing, let's say it says in halacha to do a certain thing. Marisha Shiva says, he'll give people instructions based on what it says in halacha. And he'll tell them, I am sure that it will work out well. Because the foundation is, if you do what the Torah says, it will be good for you. You can't go wrong when you fulfill the Torah. When you fulfill the Word of God, God's Word is eternal and it is the ultimate truth. So if you are fulfilling that Word, then you know it's going to be good in the end. And it's the same thing with decisions that we make. It's the same thing with Abitachan. Even someone who's involved in fulfilling a particular commandment, even if it's something which involves the public. Let's say a person is a teacher, teaching many people. If let's say a person is being paid for, for teaching Torah, let's say he's a Rebbe, he's a teacher in a school, he's a Mechanach. So, Bitochen comes in over here as well. If a person would be teaching for free, so then, when you're involved in a mitzvah, interestingly, the altar says, if you're involved in a mitzvah, so then you should do as much shtadlis as you possibly can. Okay? You've got to do whatever you can. But if a person is benefiting personally, a person is being paid by, let's say, the yeshiva that he works for, so in this circumstance, he's not allowed to do shtadlis if he's holding on this level of bitachim. When it comes to other cases, when it comes to other ways of making money, so there are ways that you can say, okay, where's the fine line between Yishtadlis and Pitachan? Where's the fine line between the efforts that I need to put in as opposed to having trust in Hashem? But when it comes to Torah learning, there's not so much of a, a hishtadlis issue when it comes to making money. So in that case, you have to go completely with bitachin. And if a person does not do that, besides for being missing a portion of bitachin, he doesn't have the bitachin part, the bitachin piece of the puzzle. This, this gonna, the, the, the whole matter will devolve 
He's not going to be able, he's going to have no choice but to, to, to take some actions. I'll have to get another job. I'll have to work in a supermarket. And he can't do things correctly. He'll be afraid and he'll forget that everything is from Hashem. There's the altar that in the end, when it comes to his actions, the person has to trust completely in Hashem. There's no greater human being than Shaul HaMelech, King Saul. He was on such a high level. First of all, he was the chosen one of Hashem. He was the first king of the Jewish people. And he was like a one-year-old as far as he, he had never sinned. We had done Kavachar Megla Rufa. But he made a mistake when it came to killing Agag, the king of Amalek. When it came to taking the, the animals that shouldn't have been taken. He made a mistake in his intellectual understanding. Instead of just doing the tzivu, the tzivu, the command was, show, you must kill Amalek, completely kill out all the animals, all the women, and the king. As the Torah says, there's an obligation to kill Amalek. But he made his own personal calculation. There was a sound of a voice that came out and said, you know, everything that you did, you did because of righteousness. The verse says, don't be so righteous. Meaning he, he made an intellectual calculation that was a righteous calculation. When he met Shmuel, Samuel the prophet, King Saul said, I fulfilled the word of God. I fulfilled the, the, the command of Hashem. So he was very sure of himself that he had done the right thing, that he had made the right calculation. Nevertheless, with regard to the fact, did he not do the will of Hashem? Did he really not fulfill Hashem's command? He admitted the truth. After the conversation, after the back and forth, he said, I sinned. Okay, so this was a great righteous human, human being. One of the greatest human beings that ever lived, King Saul. Certainly, regular people like us. We are very human. We are very influenced by our biases. A small bias can come along as, as, as thin as a hair. And with that small bias, we can lose our entire spiritual situation. We can, we can fall. Certainly, we cannot have any kind of... There, there's no two ways about it. There's no middle path. There's only one path, and that's completely fulfilling the word of Hashem exactly as it says, without any compromises. And if we do so, without making any kind of calculations, if we just say, this is God's will, I know what it says in the Torah, I know what it says in the Halacha, this is God's will, this is what I need to do. I can trust in Hashem. And also, Mara Shashiva talks about the fact that the Mishnah Bura in a few different places, Mishnah Bura is Halacha Sefer, but it's the Chavetz Chaim, who was tremendous Baal Musr. He says, 
I know that it's hard for you not to speak Lashon Hara about the person who spoke about you. I know that that's difficult. But the halacha is that you can't. Don't speak about them. Just because they seem to be ruining your business, don't ruin their business. Have bitachin, it's going to work out. You do what's right, you can have bitachin. Rosh Hashiva says, let's say the person doesn't feel, he's not a big bal bitachin. What, if I'm doing what's right, so therefore I can have bitachin? The answer is yes. When I do what's right, even if I'm not the biggest bal bitachin, I can have, I can be assured that my bitachin is going to work. That's what we see from the Chavetz Chaim. The Chavetz came in Yoni Abitachin, Certainly, in, in the matters of bitachim, a person needs to eliminate all of the intellectual understandings and flips and turns that the person makes and the svaris that he says this way and that way. Trust in Hashem. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to do any hishtatlus in the altar's, in the altar's view. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to make any calculations. Hashem is going to give you exactly what you need. You have nothing to worry about. And what is the reason the altar wants us? This is such an important line. It's, what is the reason the altar wants us to completely trust in Hashem without getting involved in, in, in any kinds of hishtalis and efforts? He wants, us just, he wants us to just trust completely in Hashem. Why? Because the moment that I start getting involved in Ishtadlis, and I'm putting in efforts. Uh, there's a big trap. And this trap we come across all the time. And the trap is a trap of which means I will think that it's me. I did this. Wow. Look at that. I wrote a song and now the whole world is singing it. It's me. Who put that song in your head? Who dropped that song into your mind? How many hundreds of songs did you write that weren't that good? Wow, look, it's me. I'm the one who made the... I'm the one who's being my finest, my family. I'm the one who's making the livelihood for myself, my family, etc. That's the biggest mistake. So the altar wants us to say, no, minimize Ishtadlus. Do less Ishtadlus. Put in less efforts. Trust more in Hashem. And of course, you need to know exactly where the boundaries are and exactly what the lines are and where you have to be honest with yourself where you are holding but do a little less. Put our, put our faith more in Hashem. Instead of putting my shtadlis into what can I do to make it happen. Let's put my shtadlis, as the author himself says as well, let's put our shtadlis into having bitachin. How can I have more bitachin? How can I convince myself more that it's Hashem who's doing it for me? How can I recognize more of the fact that He's being mashgiach alai? That He's giving me divine Direction. He's giving me divine inspiration. He's giving me divine assistance. How can I see more and more that the things, the ideas that I come up with are not me? They're from Him. To the extent that I do that, I lose myself. I lose my koichi I lose my belief that I'm the one who's doing it. And I start to believe the truth, which is that Hashem is the one who is doing it. And the more I believe and know that Hashem is the one who is doing it, the more clear it becomes, and the more siyata deshmai I have, and the more I see again that He's helping me and He's doing it. So it's a galgalachoyzer. It's a circle that repeats itself. That repeats itself so that we can get stronger and stronger in our bitachin. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you again next time.